Holy Spirit, we pray that you would indeed breathe on us now. As you breathed on Paul as he wrote these words. We pray that you would help us now to hear your voice. To understand what you're telling us. That we would live changed lives. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you can remember the feelings you had uh, when you sat down in the exam hall uh, to do uh, an an exam in school. Uh, Maybe you were nervous as you did that, trying to remember everything that you had uh, learned on that particular subject. Uh, Maybe you felt sick, uh, wanting to do well or hoping Uh, just that you'd get through. How much better would you have felt as you sat down in the exam hall if you knew the end result before you sat down? Uh, Or even if you knew the end result as you were furiously scribbling down your answers? Or what about the moment when you drive up to the MOT test centre, if you've got a four-year-old car at the minute, obviously. How flustered you feel, you know, when they tell you to put the indicators on and the hazard lights on and the fog lights on and you think, where do you turn those things on? Um, or how nervous you feel when they do the braking test, you know, when the tester gets in the car and he starts pulling the handbrake and all kinds of things. And uh, when the lifts were working, uh, when they put your car up on the lift and give it a good shake and you think, oh dear, I hope it's okay. One time in Enniskillen test centre, uh, the tester took ages with my car up on the lift and he walked around it and walked around it and kept looking at it. And then he called a colleague over and they both stood kind of looking at it having a wee chat and then he disappeared into the office or the toilet or where I don't know and he came back and he looked at the car again for another wee while and then he called me over and said there you are the car's passed and I went how nervous I was how much better to already know the verdict before you go in or Uh, Maybe Saturday night for you means sitting down to watch match of the day. You know your team's result. And so even if they go two goals down in the first half, it's okay because you know that they're going to score three in the second half and win 3-2. Knowing the end result changes how we feel about the experience. Knowing the final verdict can give us confidence no matter what might be going on in the meantime. Now if that is true of exams or MOTs or match of the day, then how much more would it be true of life? How amazing to be able to know God's verdict of our life here and now without having to wait until we stand before his throne on Judgment Day. 
As we begin looking tonight at Romans 8, this is what Paul tells us is possible here and now. Look at what he says there in verse 1, page 1134, if you've closed your Bible. He says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. A not guilty verdict. A, a declaration of innocence is available for us for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now that one verse is the summary of everything that Paul has said from chapter 1 right through to the end of chapter 7. He starts off when he says that he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God for all who believe. He then spells out the problem, the problem of our sin, uh, not just a Gentile thing, uh, but a, a Jewish thing as well, a universal thing. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But he also gives us the good news that there is a gift of God. That Jesus came into the world to be our saviour, to die on the cross, to be the sacrifice for our sins. And so here we are in Romans chapter 8. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, people may say lots of things about us or about you or about me. They can have their opinions of the things that we do or say. Or maybe you have your own opinion about yourself, the, the shame or guilt of something you have done. The thing that you hope no one ever finds out about. You see yourself as sinful, as guilty, as condemned. But the only opinion that really counts is what God thinks of us. It's his verdict that, that will matter at the end of the day. And his verdict can be known now. Here it is, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It's as if we have already been set free. The law of sin and death holds each of us. You see, our sin leads to death. But those in Christ are set free. At the, as we'll sing shortly, the, the lights come on and the prison doors open. And we are free, free indeed. As we are declared innocent. But how does this happen? How can we know the verdict in advance? Well, verse 3 shows us what God has done for us. He sent his own son, the Lord Jesus, in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. Jesus came in our skin, sharing our human nature to die for our sins. He condemned sin in our flesh. 
He has taken away our sins. It's as if we had a huge debt and Jesus has cleared it. He has dealt with our sin. But Paul says that Jesus has done even more than just that. Often we think Jesus died for us to take our sins away and that is true. But verse 4 shows that he has done even more for us in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the spirit. Jesus not only takes away our law-breaking, he also gives us the power to now obey the law. He helps us to do the things that we never could do before. Because now we are walking according to the Spirit. When you think of it, there are lots of different ways that we divide people. Men and women, old and young, rich and poor, Manchester United fans and anybody, anybody but United. Isn't that true, Gary? But Paul says there are only two types of people. You're either one or the other. There's no middle ground. There's no sitting on the fence. Which are you? Do you live according to the sinful nature or according to the spirit? From verse 5, Paul helps us to see which group we are in. He says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The way to see at which group you're in is to see where you have set your mind, what you think about. So what is it that you think about when you don't think about anything? Do you know those moments? You're just in that blissful state of not thinking about anything, but something is still being thought about. What is it that sets your dreams and your goals and your ambitions? Is it your sinful nature, your sinful desires? Or is it the spirit to to want what he wants? You see, it's one or the other. It's as if you come to that fork in the road, two roads leading to very different destinations. Verse 6. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. It's a matter of life and death, of heaven and hell. And your thoughts are a diagnosis of your heart at your desires. We saw that this morning. The Pharisees, they, they thought that, you know, to be clean, you had to ceremonially wash your hands before you ate. But Jesus says uncleanness comes from inside here, from your heart, outward. Your thoughts are a diagnosis of your heart, your desires. To pursue sinful pleasure is to be hostile to God, to love the things that God hates, 
and to hate the things that God loves. In the end, to be unable to please God. Now by nature, that's all of us. We naturally are out for ourselves. You see, it doesn't take long for a baby to start to think, my look out for themselves and to want things for themselves. And even if we've grown up and know not to say it out loud, our heart still says, mine. We're naturally selfish. We're naturally curved in on ourselves. But it doesn't have to be that way. You see, there are two groups of people in the world. People who live by the sinful nature, but there are also those who live by the spirit. And Paul says that the Christians in Rome, that the people who received this letter, are not in the flesh. They're in the spirit. And how do you know? How can we tell if we're in the spirit? At verse 9, it's if the Spirit of God lives in you. You see, if we belong to Christ, if we are in Him and He is in us, then He gives us His Holy Spirit. He gives us the power to change and the guarantee of the final verdict. Do you see how Paul refers to the Holy Spirit here? In verse 9, he is the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ. In verse 2, he is the Spirit of life. And in verse 11, he is the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. Each reference points us to the work of the spirit in the believer in bringing the power of God to live in us and in giving us life. Living as a Christian can be frustrating. You know what you should be doing but you don't always do it. You want to change but you find yourself stumbling and falling into sin. You feel at the power of sin, the pull of death, as you do that thing you hate once again. But look at what God gives us. He gives us his Holy Spirit. The Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead to dwell in us. And he will do the very same in our lives. He will give us his life. He will change us. He will remake us. The Spirit gives us life. Satan may try to condemn you. 
He might uh, try to bring you down with the weight of guilt by his accusation. He could whisper something like this. How could God really love you after you've done that? But the Holy Spirit whispers into our soul that we already know the verdict of the last day. Not guilty. No condemnation. Life and peace because we stand in Christ's righteousness as we live by the Spirit and follow his leading. It's as if we can open our exam results before we've sat the exam. We already know the final result as we trust in Christ and live by the power of his spirit. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the good news of the gospel. We thank you for this reminder tonight that that there is no condemnation for us as we trust in Christ. Father, we thank you for that promise. We pray that you would write it on our hearts, that you would dwell in us by your Spirit, that we would know your power, and your love. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.